But uh, it, like um, what I wanted to say was, it, it's nice to have this discussion with you because meeting you, Paul, I believe I believe uh, we met what uh, what three four weeks ago online. Um, you posted something, and I was like, wow, this is interesting. And I actually joined your group, and you sent me your website. And uh, what what what's the uh, link to your website again? dclvx.org right right and when why did you choose the letters lvx because i don't know if this is like because somebody i actually sent your link to somebody and they said to me another person who who's uh into gnosticism and uh it was like well why did you choose lvx and i and i, I want to know why did you choose lvx lvx is a word that means light Right. Um, it refers back to um, a value of 65, which is the number for the Holy Guardian Angel, mm -hmm. is at the heart level in the Kabbalah. And going up the center column where the heart is, up into the brain is the light itself. Right. That light is a reflection of the knot, that the knot becomes one, which mm -hmm. means there's two, and it sets up what's called a supernal dynamic. Okay. This is all very heady Kabbalistic gibberish in um in the field of very speculative philosophy. Okay. That's, and you know what? That's exactly what I wrote because um, I actually looked it up and I sent it to him. I said, hey, well, this is what I understand from LVX. And I said, it's, it primarily stands for uh, for for the Latin word light. And I told him that uh, the, new, the Latin numerals came up to 65. And he told me and he said when he's and I think this was kind of a trick question from him because I go back and forth with him and talk to him about this stuff a lot. And uh, the light. Is the light the third eye? Um, no. Okay. It in a completely different way. The third uh -huh. eye is something that sees. Right. Things, Physically, uh, right? Not an object except that it's a, an eye, something that can right. perceive. Okay. The third eye is your mind. Mm-hmm. OK, uh, you know, uh, whether you shut your eyes or not, it doesn't matter. Think of your car. There you go. Right. You just into the astral realm. You just left your body mm -hmm. and saw your car. Isn't right. that amazing? OK, yeah. in other words, everything is the third eye. The right. third eye is the fact that your name pops in as soon as mm -hmm. we series of letters together we say your name and that name gets identified to you and that's all instantaneous right, and right. that you bring into um this perception the whole story that you've built about yourself okay, okay. now i say it's a story but that doesn't mean it's a lie or an illusion or anything right, like that right right like a myth yeah we need to move through the world we need to build mm -hmm. a story and that creates the mask that we take into the world okay okay so um the light is something teleological what do i mean by that teleological 
The light is the influence of the divine coming into the body from mm -hmm. where the soul is being created. Right, right. Okay. Let's look at it this way. Okay. Your life is a continuum of experiences. Mm -hmm. You've had things that have I've been with you since your earliest childhood. It led you to make the decisions you made as you got older and older, even in the early age of being a child to the young adult years to the mid-adult years. And, and as you now are moving on into your middle adult years. Right. Uh, and all these decisions that you've made led you to now. That's the experience of your life. Right, right. This comes initially of the body. And mm -hmm. it's a body that initially starts running from pain and towards pleasure. So your earliest discipline, you got a spanking. At first, you learned to avoid the pain of the spanking. And then you came to realize as you matured that you were doing good for its own sake. Right, right. Uh, well, why? Okay. After that, you built this because you've been in the military. You've built this um, a trajectory where you wanted to serve something bigger than yourself. Um, you may have had very personal ambitions tied to that, you know, education, et cetera. I don't know. You know um, but um, all of that are decisions you've made that put you in this chair right now. And in this right. chair, this is where you want to be. This is where you've always wanted to be. You know, you'd not have known that five years right. ago, okay, or 10 years ago. You may have had, right. yeah, you know what I'm saying? You were going to be an Olympic swimming champion. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the teleology of that divine light, think of it as coming in from the stars. Right. That starry light that filters through the moon and the sun comes into you as a divine presence. Right. Now, one thing I do not want you to do is to believe that because that's counter Gnostic. You have mm -hmm. to, to understand something like this for yourself. Right, right. Give you places to look. We can give you processes uh, and ways of thinking. Um we can talk to you about the philosophy of examining yourself and coming to know who and what you are. Mm -hmm. And as you do that, that natural teleological light will come into you so that Gnosis becomes a divine grace, but you will never ever for one second believe in God, in all of God. And even indeed that you discover you are God, a very God. Right. You are the God right. of all the scriptures, of mm -hmm. all the religions, that one. Uh oh, my <laughs> <Or> green screen. <laughs> oh, I was going to turn you up on your head. <laughs> those, um, for all the uh, lost in, in, in Zechariah Sitchin land. Right, right. The, um, uh, the Anunnaki mm -hmm. were in um, non canonical Hebrew scripture. The right. Anunnaki were the sons of God. They were right. angels. Okay? And as sons of God, these angels mm 
came to mate with the daughters of men. Okay. And they produced a race of giants called the Nephilim. Mm -hmm. And this is non-canonical Hebrew lore. Uh, some of it tied in with uh, Enoch, mm -hmm. uh, a very brief passing mention in Genesis. And it's not space aliens coming in from out of space, but mythology. Right, right, right. Okay, trying to show, um, you know, our inherent divinity. Mm -hmm. The It wasn't God they were talking to in the Garden of Eden, but one of the um, Elohim. The God is um, ineffable. In other words, can't be can't be described even to give it the name god you've gone too far it's right, not god right. okay yeah. so mm -hmm. elohim you could consider the next level of beings down from god the angels right right now in the tree of life that humanity would become or i should say in the tree of knowledge of good and evil that humanity in obtaining knowledge would become uh like the angels um, like the Elohim, mm -hmm. uh, or, or we should say more like, because they wouldn't be exactly like, they would be closer to. If if they had ever gotten a hold of the, the apple on the tree of life too, then they would have become immortal. Like, right. But this is all uh, Christian scripture that's been kind of watered through Greek philosophy that's been turned into some, you know, late Palestinian kind of thing that finally mm -hmm. we get to Gnostic scriptures and these ancient Gnostics were just heretical rebels, you know, uh, putting out, you know, uh, uh, doctrine or uh, uh, what do you call it when a, a government gives false information, propaganda. Uh, in their own political game that they were playing 2,000 years ago. Right, right, right. Years ago, 1,800 years ago. Right, yeah. right. So, um, when we get to that getting assembled into a doctrine, we get to Kabbalah. But not just Hebrew Kabbalah, Greek Kabbalah comes out of this because it's the Greek philosophy that created the Kabbalah as much as anything else in Jewish lore. Don't right. tell that average, um, you know, uh, devout Jew, uh, you know, who's a Kabbalist, you know, um, because, you know, they're going to tell you that, you know, it's the Jews, nothing but the Jews, so help me God. Right, right, right. Um. But this is the story of the Western mystery tradition. Mm -hmm. And I like how you said that. Um, very like much are as much as anything else. Right. So I found out who people, though. And Zachariah Sitchin is considered a, a, a populist joker. Right. Okay. Yeah. Some, to some people, yeah. Some people, yeah. To some people, he is. Okay, and that professor that does that alien show on TV has sold his soul. Uh, he would never be welcomed back into academia again. He's done. He cashed in for the money of the TV. You know, good for him. 
Ray. He can pat himself on the back. He's going right. to live the rest of his life. Right. Okay. Um, we, you know, and I'm going to talk as a representative of the Gnostic church here and what modern Gnosticism is. And that's exactly what I want you to do. I want you to get in deep in it. I want you to share your opinions because I, I'm looking at your, I have your website up now and, uh, Gnosis is knowledge and love combined with experience, action directed, spontaneously, and impeccable by the will. That's what you have on your website. And that and I love that because when I Googled what is a Gnostic, I mean, just just giving people the idea, if they don't know what a Gnostic is, I'm trying, I try to help them. So that's how I, you know, I say go, go Google what is a Gnostic. And in some ways you'll find uh you'll find different definitions, but one of the definitions is is it's relating to knowledge, especially esoteric uh mystical knowledge. Um does does that I want to put this in the right words. Is that definite? What What is your definition, or how can you, uh, if somebody was a beginner, okay, and they wanted to come into this field and learn what you know, how would you explain to them what a Gnostic is? Um, I would say a Gnostic is somebody who examines himself or examines herself. Okay. And through a process of self-examination and rumination and creative imagination gets to a place where um, he or she meets with the divine. Okay. He becomes the divine. That is the gnosis. That you mm -hmm. are God. I am God. That we are God. That they are God. That it is okay. God. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Nothing that's not God. There's nothing that's not God. Okay. Absolutely nothing. You can name the most beautiful or the most horrific substance. It's God. Okay. You can name the most brutal or the most intimate loving action, and it's God. There's okay. nothing that's not God. Okay. And I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I have never heard anybody put it that way before. We I've, live, I've heard. We live in a superstitious culture. Everybody right. has to believe in something. Right. To believe in something is not to know something. To be without gnosis, okay. you don't. I believe in God. Well, we don't. Mm -hmm. I know God. You know what I'm saying? That's a big difference, you know, and I know I'm God and I know the God in me and I know the God that's sitting on the wall behind me and I know the God that's on my chin right now and I know, you know what I'm saying? Everything's God. There, right. you know, If God is infinite, then there is nothing that can be said to not be God because then God would be finite. So, through this process of rumination that over time, I'm not going to convince you with that in this moment, but right. I might or arouse your intuition and you may pursue this and want to know more. Or you may not, you know, and, and, and that is what it is. It's not my job to be an evangelical for Gnosticism. Right. Uh, but. As you go through this process that I hope I've described a little bit in time with other techniques and things that you can do, you will come 
and and things that we'll talk about and ideas that you can have and ideas that you'll take from us and and that interaction Mm -hmm. um in time you will come to discover all this for yourself so that you know we have to say you know if anything don't believe in it just because i said it you know you gotta think yourself and you gotta come to it in your own way at your own time i like that uh, that that makes sense because uh, like i said i have a few people that i talk to um about this and you know each one of them have uh well i'm not gonna say each one of them have their own definition but each one of them has their own idea is there is there is that wrong to have your own idea because you know what and I, i'll give you an example in christianity um there's only one belief in christianity and that's the almighty god uh, or or at least that's what people will share to me and um when they talk about about christianity uh if if is if if gnostic is relating to knowledge or seeking knowledge or anything like that is there a right and wrong um uh, right, belief the right way is for you to seek knowledge of yourself and that's it way is for you to seek a knowledge of me or something that I or anyone else tells you to believe that's right. written book that's been proven by researchers and scholars who's pulled X out of their asshole right okay um you have you're gonna start from your own place and I can't start from that place right 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 skin i don't walk in your shoes i didn't have your mom and dad i didn't go to your school i i there's no way that our feet have been in in like place so should we come to a common gnostic understanding of anything at least initially maybe later we'll come to a similar place in the center of a circle, but you're going to start maybe towards one end of the perimeter, and I'm going to start towards another, right, and right. we're going to path through it until we get to a certain place. But that certain place isn't really the center, but it's a centering in the self, because right. at the level where you are divine, so am I, and we can kind of sit and laugh at everyone else who's still running from pain towards pleasure. Right, right, right. You no, know, that's that. I, I like the way you put that because I'm I'm still learning about this a lot. I mean, there's so much information out there, and I and I'm tr- really trying to learn as much as I can because on my website, I basically uh, trying to take pieces. I I, I look at knowledge as uh, or or wisdom as as puzzle pieces. You won't understand what the puzzle is. The picture of the puzzle is until you completely grab every single piece of puzzle and put it together. You might have an idea of what it is, and you might have 99% of it done, but you could be missing one key element with that one puzzle piece. And finding those puzzle pieces is where my journey begins. Like I said earlier, I started my website, I'm going on three years ago, three years now. Um, my first uh, article was basically uh, the Sumerians because they're considered the founders of the first civilization. That's who many people credit the Sumerians as, are the founders of the first civilization. And it's because of their writing system. They recorded what they believed 
They've recorded what they wanted other people to believe. And they also recorded everyday activities like what we would do today as far as, you know, transactions and stuff like that. Their uh, mathematical system was at base 60. We're yeah. at base 60. Right. Okay. Some some different numbers looked identical in their system. Very strange system. Right. Uh, and they are some of the oldest that we know of on this planet. You know, they are right. some older cultures. Um, and I think there's, you know, there's that there's a wonderfully exciting uh archaeology and anthropology connected to that for anyone that wants to study it. Right, right, and right. To, to relate forward in that. Um you make a profound step in magic that as you are studying all of this, you are also writing. Right. That is so much the key. And I would say keep writing because that's Thank a knock that gets you to ruminate on your ideas but eventually you got to move from the ideas out in the world and in that time and uh, deemed uh, sanctified by the council of royal Sanhedrin or what have you and start looking at those truths and proofs that exist inside yourself because that's where the battle is Okay, that's where the knowledge and the experience comes from, you know, and that knowledge is, you know, um, uh, I kissed her, she kissed me back. Good idea. Let's do that again. Other things happen. I'm very interested in um, to I touched hot frying pan. Let's not do that again. <laughs> no matter much. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> Right, okay. right, right, right. <laughs> those experiences to the phenomenological experiences that when you first discovered mom and dad, when you first had those early elements, when you first finally realized what pants or shoes actually were. Right, you know, right. First time you left your world inside your house and went to school, the world just got bigger. You right, know, right. And, um, it kept getting bigger. So all those things are other experiences. And how is that all of that um, made you you? Right, right. You know, um, you know, uh, I better, uh, you know, I better lift some weights. I'm going to do better on the beach and Cynthia's on the beach. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to work at that. And you realize that that's a a moment in developmental consciousness. It's not just a teenager being a silly teenager. Right, right. Um, and you begin to recognize those existential moments in your life. Uh, the moment when you said, I'm going to choose my family's religion. No, I'm not going to choose my family's religion. Right, right. Wear the clothes that are in fashion. I'm going to wear the clothes of the rebels. You know, um, all these things and types of decisions that you made until finally you hear um, something coming out of your mouth that you always heard your parents say and you absolutely swore you would never say that. And somebody shoot me if I ever get caught saying this to my kids. And you've just said it to your kids. And mm -hmm. you got for the gun and you realize it's a water gun with bubble gum in it and you're really your life is turned around you know what i'm saying 
right, right, right. <laughs> you know, this is a journey. Um, I, I I see this more now than ever that basically that's, this is just a journey. Um, seeking knowledge within, uh, when you said that we're all guys, nothing is without a God, uh, everything is God, basically. Um, you know, there was a time, I can't remember, I want to say maybe a year ago, um, a lot of people were starting to say, hey, I'm God, I'm God, I'm God, I'm a, I'm a God, I'm a God, I'm a God, and stuff like that. And I really didn't understand what they were saying, because it just came out anywhere. I mean, this, these trends just come out in it, everywhere. I mean, when I when I built my my website, um, I built my Facebook group and pages and all that stuff at the same time. I mean, I mean, you you have your own stuff. You know, you you get people who who try to troll you and talk to you and say, "Oh, you don't know what you're talking about," blah 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 blah, and stuff like that. And it's so funny because when when I see people arguing in Gnostics groups. I find it more funny now than I did before because everybody's on their own journey in those groups. I mean, take, I mean, if somebody, if somebody's very careful, cause I wanted to bring this up earlier, actually. Okay. I'm glad that we got on with a lot of these Gnostic groups and okay. it helps us to differentiate what I'm telling you or what I've been telling you from what these groups okay. are. Okay. A lot of these groups, if not all of these other groups, certainly 99% of them, um, are really trying to be uh, reenactments of ancient Gnostic groups to the best that they can figure it out in their guessing game. Okay. Um, they've taken this, um, they've taken this uh, ancient idea and these ancient manuscripts as put forth by like Elaine Pagels and um, uh, a couple others out there. I can't think of the names right now. Even Stephen Holler later on. Uh, he although he's still alive, uh, well, Lane's still alive today too. But uh, I can't think of these other two. Hans Jonas and and one other. Um, and these guys paint ancient Gnosticism as if it was one thing. It was world hating, right. and um, this world was a place of evil that you had to extricate yourself from to get to the fullness of the pleroma. And there's these archons that just kind of want to eat you alive and all this other crap. And that was whatever, you know, the, the that guessing game belongs to them. Okay. Okay. Um, from my end, uh, we're not guessing. Hmm. You know, the, we say that there there's a technical process and even that these ancient Gnostics were describing, you know, their, their uh, syzygies were all psychic energies. Right. Right. Same thing to get to know who you are, what makes you laugh, what makes you cry, what makes you love, what makes you feel as much as, you know, where can your intellect take you? How deep are the ideas that you can understand? And, as you begin to push those boundaries and build all that up, you open yourself up to something that these groups can't have because they're so busy saying, well, the archons have, you know, shoved something up your ass and make sure it comes out. Your <laughs> stick your tongue out. <laughs> and um, they're busy playing this game that the world stinks. And, you know, I'm really much more of a, a post Nietzschean and, and mm -hmm. Nietzsche, as soon as you start postulating a better world up there, out there, in there, anywhere else, <laughs> you're, you're setting up uh, a, a philosophy called nihilism. 
Okay. And nihilist does crave power over others. And okay. it's a destructive in and horrific force. Okay, it makes the Nazi regime, it makes those who still imitate that today. Okay. Um in we this is the best of all worlds. This is the world that we created. We created this together. It's the amalgam of the thought of every human being on the earth. Right. There is if you have a problem with this world, that problem isn't in the world. It's a problem you have with yourself and your relationship with the world. Fix that. Know thyself. Man, you, you <laughs> I like this because what you're saying is I, I, I really enjoy hearing it because nobody puts it like that. You know, nobody, when I talk to other people, like I said about this, about Gnostics, it's mostly about just seek, just learn, just learn something, just seek knowledge, just uh, figure out what you like, stuff like that. But they don't put it in terms where you're saying it basically like, um, just look within. You're basically just telling us, am, am, I, am, I, am I reading it wrong? Are you basically telling me just look within? I am the truth and wrapped in underneath my turban is nothing. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, and, and that, that makes sense because I am the truth and only through me can you get to the father. Yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> That's what you are. Okay. Um, if you just get Jesus out of the way, <laughs> I could talk about that for so Jesus is the pig that's in your way. He's he's the big ink blotch over your face in the photograph. And you know, you gotta wipe that away so you can get a hold of the picture. Okay. You know, um you are, you know, uh you are the one. You are the chosen. You are the uh, the way, the the life. Right. You are the you know, and you reveal yourself because the logos means revelation. You are the revelation. You're the logos. You yourself are are the one who reveals yourself by doing, and by doing, that's how you become. And when you become, you know God because you discover you are God. I like that. I love that. <laughs> because that, that 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 right there, which you said makes a lot of sense because um I remember there was a time when I was growing up, uh, there was this saying, What would Jesus do? You know? Everybody there was I mean, it was for years. What would Jesus do? This was the same uh time period where I would uh sometimes go to the grocery store to go get something and somebody would stop me in the parking lot and say, Hey, can we have a moment to talk about Jesus? And I'm just like, and it got to the point where I was almost getting frustrated and uh getting angry because it was like, wow, these people are very persistent about it. But it's it's not that I I dislike Christianity or any religion at that. I, that my opinion about that doesn't matter. What what makes me wonder is why do you have to worry about what would somebody else do for you to do something good and to somebody? Well, not just that. Let's think of the example. If you want to take um, the uh, New Testament seriously and you want to buy right. into 
idea that Jesus had him tor- had himself tortured to God had himself right. tortured on a piece of wood to redeem himself from getting angry or to redeem humanity when he got angry at them for eating a friggin' apple. Right. Um, and you look at apple here. You look at, first of all, if you look at this as a male standard, as if this myth is teaching us as men how to be, um, that's that's an impossible standard. Right, right. I'm not going to allow myself to be tortured to help anybody get out of a traffic ticket, much less go to heaven. Right, right, right about what happens to you after you die right. uh, and so in the same way they set up the impossible standard for the girl right as as soon as she turns you know as soon as she gets laid in the backseat of her daddy's car for the first time she's never ever going to be the perfect woman you know in, like religion, in religion's eyes yeah in religion's eyes yeah so she's never the perfect woman. The guy can't be the perfect guy. What kind of religion is this? That's that's a good question. Like, you know, it, it's strange to me that people who are Christians believe that that's that that it's okay to believe that God will punish people for being who they are. Jesus, uh, like you said, let's go to the New Testament. Uh, in the New Testament, Jesus was hanging out with alcoholics and prostitutes. And, and I know that because that's where it talks about that in the Bible. If you yeah. trace the people who he hung out with, they they were not, they weren't the, the as you said, the perfect man and the perfect woman. These people were, you know, alcoholics and prostitutes. I mean, you this is what's written in the text. <laughs> Let's just face it. If there wasn't Jesus that actually existed, he was having a good fucking time. He, he was. Why? Why are you going to turn water into wine? For what? In the desert. Why will you turn water into wine in the desert? And you're traveling on top of that. Yeah. Why? Yeah. You know, I I understand, you know. Growing up when, you know, I grew up around the D.A.R.E. program and stuff like that. And they introduced about drugs, you know, alcohol, drugs, marijuana, cocaine, all this other stuff like that. But when you read the Bible, these people were using the same thing that they're telling us not to do today. The only difference is, is religion is saying, and this is from what, from the many people that I come in contact with. I'm not saying what I read, what I understand. This is from my personal experience from people tell me. They say it's a sin for you to drink and get drunk, basically. But everybody's body handles alcohol differently. Alcohol content is different. Even this for a second. For them to give you dietary restrictions, the imbibition of alcohol, drugs, sexual prohibitions, even if you can't do it in certain positions, all this yeah. kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're going to hell for doing different things. This is an absolute slave mentality. I'm I'm a slave to God, and I got to do what God wants. What I want is meaningless. I am nothing. I am just here to serve God. That's that is why, yeah. That's what Christianity is teaching you, and. I've just got to turn around, and when the priest entered the room, I got to say, yes, Massa, no, Massa, yeah. sorry, 
Taskmaster, will you beat me now or out in the shed? Yeah. Okay, because that's what's going on. Okay, mm -hmm. that is like a, is it no wonder that in the United States of America, when finally uh, you know, blacks became numerous enough down south that Christianity rose up among them when they had their own religion? And it's not just <laughs> the persecutions, but the fact that they were already of a slave mentality, that it, no matter how terrible it was butchered into them. Uh -huh. And let's, let's not pretend that the families of these white families had any easier a ride. In their mm -hmm. own histories, they were also slaves, bent over to the yoke of this ridiculous idea of Christianity, and they were tortured into it. Okay, mm -hmm. in much the same way, until finally they gave in. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, it's... It's the American Indian, interestingly enough, that didn't give in. He said, I'd rather die. Yeah. No. Uh, but this is a slave religion. You know, uh, I'm, I believe in the upa dupa. Oh, what are you not allowed to eat? And I believe in the Inca Binka. Oh, <laughs> <not allowed. laughs> you know, I'm glad. <laughs> Do you believe people should cut their toenails on the third Friday of the <laughs> <laughs> that's good you said that about the dietary guidelines and restrictions and stuff like that because um i read a lot about the sumerians and the reason why i read a lot about the sumerians is like i said because they're they're considered the founders of the first civilization and they have the first writing system so i tried to find exactly you know the origins of what is first recorded. That doesn't mean that they they did a begin they they're the first of everything. They're just the first to start recording this this stuff down on on whatever on the cuneiform at that time or pictographs or whatever the case may be, depending on what period you want to look at. As far as we know. Yeah, as far as we know, right? Exactly. And that's why I say it's funny that you say that stuff about the the, the eating restrictions because the Sumerians and this is and this I've read this so many times in. Sumer is Iraq. Okay. Iraq is predominantly an Islam country or Islam. Uh, 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 yeah. Well, it's, it's part Iraq of is. Yeah. Yeah. So um, with that in their religion, they're not allowed to eat pig. I've been to Afghanistan twice. I've been to Iraq twice. Neither are the Jews in submitting. Right. 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 Yeah, right. To eating uh uh, pig was was unhealthy a long right, time. Right. But this is the thing, and this is what I learned. <laughs> okay, if we're going to go to gods and we're going to believe what our gods believe, if we're going to believe that I, if I, if I'm if I'm if I'm um, if I'm a Muslim, I'm just saying for 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 uh, example purposes. If I'm a Muslim, I'm not allowed to eat uh, uh, pig. Okay, in ancient Sumer, if I was a Sumerian. My food that I would give to my God is a pig. That pig in Sumer was considered a delicacy. That was the food to eat. You eating pig was the number one thing. And it was only for the gods at the time. It was only for the gods at the time. And this is in Sumer, Iraq, Babylon, uh, ancient Mesopotamia period. This is there. They were the God. The pig like was only for the gods. What what source that's come from? Because I've never heard okay. that in my okay. So I actually first read that. I first actually read that from Zechariah Sitchin. 
That's where I first read read it wrong. Then I went to then I went to go do some research on that, and um, just like you said earlier, they found out that or pig was not is unhealthy for you. Uh, it it never tells you exactly the time frame when they stopped eating pig or when they decided that pig was unhealthy, and that's why the religion forbids it or not. But there is some kind, and I I have to look back into it because I actually go on a, I, I want to write an article on it. There's actually evidence that shows that pigs were a delicacy back then. Now, I I wonder if it was if it's true. If it is true, because I'm not sure. I like I said, I looked into it. I um I actually read uh, peer review articles on uh, JSTOR, J-S-T-O-R dot org, I think it is, or dot com. I can't remember. But I read it a uh, couple of articles from them, and there's actually evidence that shows that. So now I wonder if when uh, religion took over. Uh, did they say, hey, no more pork because of it, of it being unhealthy or because uh, it was only for uh, certain people at the time? That, and that's something that I actually wanted to look into because while I tend to doubt the Sumerian delicacy story and anything else Zachariah Sitchin would bring up about yeah, any yeah. of that. Let's see. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean that certain foods and what have you weren't considered for certain uh, classes. Uh-huh. You know, in, in okay. some uh, caste system or pecking order that any particular society might have. Um, and that is what it is. Now, let's talk about... Um, uh, orthodox religion okay, as a tool of the state. Um, you come home from work, your wife says something you rub, that rubs you the wrong way, you slap her down to the ground and say, get my dinner, woman. Mm-hmm. And no matter what she does, there was no cop there. No one saw you do it. Right, right, right. Okay. But now we give you a God. Mm. I don't have to hire six thousand police. I don't need a cop standing in front of your house when you come home from work and and every other man on your street. Okay. Um, because you're gonna come home, she's gonna say something, piss you off, and you're gonna go, ah, women. Because God stopped you from doing it. And you knew if you, you'd really like to punch her in the nose, but if you knew you were going to hell to do it, you are now restraining yourself. You are now committing to the slave religion of restraining yourself. In the same way that you don't eat potatoes on the third Wednesday after the second Tuesday, right? Right. You know, right. Only fuck in missionary. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Um, all of these, all of these self-administered behaviors that uh, have you both either correcting yourself, confessing your sins, being sorry for them, mm-hmm. making atonements for them, right, um, or preventing yourself from committing that sin, even right. if it's a little thing like you ate meat on Friday during Lent. Okay, um, in in these ways, you are self correcting. You are the right. per. You are what they used to call the house. 
You were the one that got to sit inside. You cooked the master's meals. You mm-hmm. got to eat the master's meals. The house was warm in, in, in the mm-hmm. cold evenings. And so you made sure that the others that had to work the fields behaved. Because you weren't going to give up your cushy little position. And you certainly didn't want a rebellion going on here. You got right, it. Right. You okay. couldn't. So... Now you're believing in the system because it's got a um, it's got a personal motivation, right? Right. Okay, and and you're back to running from pain and towards pleasure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're just protecting what you got. You're not helping nobody, right. but you're protecting what you got. I got mine. You get yours. Right. And this mentality. Gets everyone to feel they're doing good. God, I haven't eaten meat. Lent had two Fridays in it. I didn't eat meat on either one of those days. As a matter of fact, I went out and bought a fresh fish on both of those. <laughs> so now that I'm about to die, make sure I'm going to heaven. Right. I'm really sorry. I didn't. Not a repent. Yeah. <laughs> neighbor's daughter. I'm really so sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> Right. Oh man! Hey, hey that's, look, that's funny to me because that's basically what people do. They'll they'll go. They'll, they'll know the word. They know that they're supposed to do right. They know that they're they know right from wrong. They know you know evil from good. They still choose evil. But as soon as they get on their deathbed, hey, let me, hey God, I need to talk to you for a second. Now, I know I messed up all this time, but you know, hey. You know, I know I killed like three, four people for no reason, but can you forgive me and let me back in, let me into heaven? And then boom, some people believe that actually happens. Like you are, if you repent before you die and you mean what you say, you're going to heaven. That's yeah, but you got that pee pee somewhere where I don't approve. So even though I can <laughs> do the other things, I can't forgive you for this one. <laughs> you know? but, and that's, that's what I'm saying is that it's for every sin, you know? If for every sin, if you repent, if you repent and you ask for God for forgiveness, the idea is, is that if you truly feel that and you truly feel that you, you're sorry and he feels it, he can allow you into heaven with the people who have never done wrong. They're the people that did bad on earth, quote unquote, bad on earth. Why, why waste our time even believing in this heaven and hell crap anyway? It's just a spell that's held up in front of us. There but, is no heaven, there is no hell. But and, and I'm glad you said that because going back to the pork thing, I actually typed it in Google, right? I actually uh, I actually typed in Google, uh, did the Sumerians eat pig? That's exactly what I typed in. And it says, and there's an article from the Washington Post from 1977 that is called the forbidden flesh and they was said it says in their pork was eaten in Europe in the pre-dynastic times now like i said i don't agree going back to zechariah sitchin we talked i wouldn't believe everything zechariah sitchin say let alone anything anybody else say i i taking his a lot of people believe his information his information his books are good if you research his information his books are bad if you solely believe his books, that's just my opinion. I don't usually share my opinion too much, but that's with anything. If you only believe in the one thing that you study, like uh, 
that say, uh, all I read is Zachariah Sitchin's books, okay? You can tear me apart if you researched his books. You, If I tell you um, uh, uh, the Anunnaki guys came from planet Nibiru, uh, I, if somebody told me that, the first thing I'm going to ask them is, where is it going to say that in a cuneiform text? Where does it say it in the original text? Where does it say it in the pictographs? Tell me where it says it at so I can believe what you say. How far? Higher world of astronomy in right. every, uh, every single single uh, collegiate institution around the world, from the best at Oxford to wherever, to the worst at silly small town state school, <laughs> okay, have never disco never discovered Nibiru. Every right. telescope out there, financed by the United States, Hubble and that other new one out there, have never seen a planet Nibiru, but such. Yes, okay. And those little red things standing behind you were telling me that you better sit properly on that chair. Or you're going to fall down. Right, right, right. And see, th this this is the thing. Like, you, well, I could go on for days about this. I, I'm a firm believer of of sharing knowledge, and I'm also a firm believer of uh seeking knowledge i'm also a firm believer in in not believing everything that you read or watch on tv that's the first thing <laughs> so when i read that that uh that there was a planet nibiru and the reason why i'm bringing this up because it goes back to the pork thing if when it when did the sumerians decide because the sumerians say that the their gods ate pork and now it's a sin to eat pork in those same places that those it's basically the same place. Sumer, Iraq. I mean, nothing. No, there's nothing different about it. The only thing that changed is religion. So my question is like, when people say things like, um, "Well, is if Sitchin got that right, for instance, that the Sumerians did eat pork, or in Mes ancient Mesopotamia, pork was uh, a delicacy," people will say, "Well, a lot of other stuff that he wrote was right." No, that's not how it goes. Just because you get one right thing in your book doesn't mean that the whole entire book is correct. I've noticed, and this is just from my personal uh, time reading and, and gaining knowledge and stuff, is that uh, no matter who it is, people pick and choose what makes them feel comfortable inside and says, this is the truth. Um, for instance, going back to God, uh, Christians believe that there's one and almighty God. We talked about Jesus, but I would tell people, I would say, hey, well, okay, uh, there's actually a person out there named Krishna, who was an uh, ancient God also, who may be uh, the same as who Jesus is. Some some academic scholars believe that Jesus was actually Krishna. And the reason why they say that is because the many Krishna followers than there are Jesus followers. Right. Exactly. And exactly. And not only that, but uh the reason why I bring that up is because uh it's a sin uh to believe in more than one God. But Hinduism is the oldest religion practiced today. That's from what I understand. If I type in Google, what is the oldest religion practice today? Nine times out of 10, I'm going to get. Go back to the Vedas and you're going back, you know, at least 2,500 to 3,500 years in print, probably. Yep. Yep. In other ways. Um, and you're going back to a culture that 
we can see from the archaeology was incredibly sophisticated long before uh, anything you might find um, in Europe, in the Middle East. Right. In mm -hmm. um, and that's really saying something because I think you can find things in Europe and the Middle East at that time that were incredibly sophisticated themselves. Right. But don't pale in what we see um, not just in the subcontinent of India, but in um, Indo-European places and even into the Middle East where there's amazing uh, uh, stone carvings in very intricate detail. And by the time the Islamic world would arise, there would be a tremendous beauty in, in a, an incredible culture. Remember that Islam forms because the first thing that the Christians did in those regions was reject this idea that any God could be crucified. Right. Mm -hmm. So Jesus or Isa of the Quran became a great prophet. But it's really in a certain sense, it's a Gnostic heresy, an ancient Gnostic heresy to say that Jesus could not be killed and there was no crucifixion of any God. If Jesus was crucified, then that proved he wasn't God. If you want Jesus to have delivered a message or to have been God, then he wasn't crucified on the cross. And that's where Islam is. And Islam turns around with that and says there is only one God. God. Right. Mm -hmm. And yet, interestingly enough, they go back into some of the Semitic uh, cultural issues that are, were also consistent with ancient Judaism and even the original time period in Roman Catholicism, which was the original Christianity, the original right. Christianity. Mm -hmm. And in all cases, they practiced a misogynistic culture. Women were just chattel. They were there to make babies, and that was it. You know, yeah. um, they had no rights. They had no. Uh, they were tied to the men that they were tied to. Whether that was a little bit more provocative in uh, the Islamic world with them having to wear. Uh, more than just a veil to cover their face, or whether you were in, in the Roman area of uh, what you really could still call the Middle East, because even though you're you're up in Italy as opposed to Northern African continent, that that was all Rome. Okay. You know, it was this giant circle around the Mediterranean was Rome. Right. Right. So, um. Those Middle Eastern practices were through all three religions and still really exist today uh, in all three religions, except that, you know, Roman Catholics now don't mm -hmm. make women wear um, headgear in the church anymore. But right, still right, in right. Islamic uh, places, the women are still even separated from the men. Yeah. Can you go? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So we're not just talking about the slavery that we all have together, men and women, but women get an extra strong level of slavery. Okay. Yeah, and, gotta, yeah. They could just walk behind you. We superior men will step forward and please newspaper slippers and wear my eggs. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's deep. So 
the Abrahamic religion of this world, and, and let's not pretend that it's any better than um, Hinduism or any others. They hate women too. You know, the Nazi regime eventually, when it got done with the Jews, started turning on itself. Because that's where it goes eventually. It doesn't matter what part of my society I attack in this moment. I'm going to get everybody in the end, including my own mother and sister. And it's been recorded that way plenty of times. Plenty of times. It is what it is. So if you can't, if you can't go down the superstitious rabbit hole and you don't want to believe in something that, you know, fits your personality, kind of makes suitable for you and whatever, because you got to believe in something. You got to believe in something. Yeah. That's, that's what they tell us. Yeah. You know, as yeah. you do your 12 steps, you know what I'm saying? Bless me, Father, for I've sinned. Yeah. Um, then you've got to start with your own divinity, because that's what's been talking to you all along. The part of you that was considered evil by them is the part of you that is at liberty, that knows itself, that pursues its own pleasures in its own way based on its own rules. Not on my rules, not on the rules given by the priest or the prophet, you know, but on my own rules. Do I live and your own rules? Do you live? Now, that doesn't mean that we're all licentious sons of bitches. Okay, I'm going to go over there (laughs) and talk to your neighbor's daughter. Um, we, We all develop our own morals, but our morals are each developed by our own experience of life. In other words, we're now getting legal marijuana. A lot of people had to break the law. A lot of people had to do the wrong thing for that to happen. So a lot of people had to say, I will not bite into this ridiculous drug morality that's just killing people everywhere. And if I want to snort a line, do a lick and do whatever that is, I'll do it. And I'll do it in my own regard. I won't do it when I'm babysitting the neighbor's daughter. Right. right. I'm not going to go drink a gallon of wine, jump in my car and go joyriding. Right. right. right? Bring three friends with me. Um, so we we do make moral choices all the time, but there are morality. I choose not to murder, but I choose to smoke reefer. I yeah. choose not to murder, but I'm going to be a weekend warrior. And every Friday night, we're going to go stick a needle somewhere and go. Wee. OK. Yeah. And. and whether I decide to do something like that or I don't decide, I don't like doing that. It's my business and it has nothing to do with the quality of my character. Unless that keeps me from showing up for work, unless that makes me irresponsible. But then again, that's my morality. Maybe you're the guy going for some ultimate form of gnosis and you're going to be irresponsible everywhere. And you're going to be William Burroughs or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Allen Ginsberg, and you're going to chase some kind of, uh, you know, wackadoodle dream and go absolutely crazy like Arthur Rambeau and 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 uh, Vincent Van Gogh, for that matter. Yeah. 
And, you, you know, Jim Morrison, you want to dance on fire until the sun descends. Well, yeah, you can. Yeah. Um, it's up to you. And I have no right to say, well, he shouldn't do that. That's not the right thing to do. That's like so the way you put that. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, we'll forgive the sinner. Dominus Inghi song to, you know, spectacles, testicles, watch and wallet. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never heard that before. I like that one myself. First time I heard that, I was talking about it. Um, But, uh, so, you know, uh, the easiest way to say it is do <laughs> the whole of the law. No, your, it, uh, your determination. It's your, it's your raison d'etre, your reason to live, your right to live, your motive to live. Right. The thing that makes you, you know, throw your hands up when the fist is coming at you to protect your face because you want to continue to live. And it's an instant response that you have right so self-preservation is the will and the will needs to find meaning and joy in this life and that's the key but of course the religions that tell you no don't want you to find meaning and joy yeah i remember that saying everything that's uh fun is a sin (laughs) it's the law right yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, to be self-informed about what is good and wrong, what is right and, and what is wrong, um, in that self-information process, it may even undergo some adjustments over time. The self, you know, the right and wrong of eighteen years old tends to be a lot different from the right and wrong of forty years old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right about that. Definitely right about that. I can say that for sure. Wow. Anybody that's in 18 years old or younger or anything like that, man, you think you're doing wrong now. That's a whole different wrong when you get older. At, at 18, though, you're still a legal adult. Yeah. Think yeah. about it. But see, in, in a lot of states, though, that don't even matter. In a lot of states, you're considered adult depending on the crime you do, even if as a child. Yes. Uh, children can... <laughs> Horrific enough that now some places are uh, 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 schooling them. Uh, I should say schooling, trying them as adults. Yeah, trials and and bringing them into adult courts. Um, but see that, but, but, but before, but see, that's but see, something I'm not going to weigh in on. Uh, you know, uh, uh, and I think we have to be careful about that because. Um, there's a, a lot of morality in that. And while we can, you know, like I, I'd say off camera, you and I can sit down and debate the morality of it if we want, but it would be against the objective of what we're trying to say here, because we would, ju- you know, right now here, I'm talking as like the, the leader and founder of the Gnostic church of life. So if I start giving my political opinions, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing, the Gnostic church any good and I'm not doing politics any good. Right, right. No, you're absolutely right. Gotta keep that separated. You're absolutely right. A lot of people different world. Most kids died in childbirth. Right. Um, 
um, women and the the mothers died in childbirth or as a result of right. childbirth. So whatever morals they had then, um, for what we would it's call certainly people, different than today. Things like that, we can't judge that that time and right. that situation on our standards. Just like you know, uh, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Very offended with Indigenous Peoples Day okay. because the Italians went through their own set of bigotry coming into this country, and Columbus Day was a way of bringing them into society. Okay, we already have Thanksgiving for the Indigenous people, but okay. if they the second day, they could choose something else without running over us. Uh-huh. Okay, but- so my pride has been pulled away from that. Okay. Okay, so in that, we have to look at where um, we can talk about uh, people applying this false standard of what's called presentism. Today's today's values being placed on yesterday's people. Columbus was a hero. Mm -hmm. Okay, he was a hero because he did exactly what they wanted to do. And he did exactly the same thing that uh, men uh, of renown and adventurers for every single culture that has ever existed on the face of this earth have done. Now, somewhere along the line, your great-grandpappy was also out there torturing some indigenous whatever else people somewhere that weren't a part of our tribe. And out there, my great-grandpappy was slap-happy with somebody else. And, uh, you know, I mean, I can turn around and say, well, you know, uh, my grandfather came to this continent in in, uh, uh, 1910. So, I mean, we had nothing to do with slavery, so shut the fuck up. You know, um, but we did whatever, whatever his great grandfather did a thousand years ago. So, you know, he was beating somebody up, even if it was another Italian. Okay. Okay. So um, we all are guilty of these things, but we have, we could, we have to stop stepping on each other's feet. <laughs> When you say stepping on each other's feet, what, what do you mean exactly by that? I'm, we have to stop getting into each other's business and saying your your standards of right and wrong must be okay. mine. Right and wrong. Okay, I can see that. I understand that. Okay, so your stand what would you what happened in the past? What standards we had in the past is not the standards of today, basically. Yeah, and today, yeah. this moment, and this moment contains me. And in this moment with me, I have made certain moral choices, right? Okay. I had to meet you at six o'clock. That was a commitment I made. You gave me every right. chance to get out of it. You're going to be there tomorrow? Yes, I'm going to be there tomorrow. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, yes, I'll see you there in a while. Now, if I would have blown you away, that would have been an immoral choice based on something I determined. Right. Okay. Where somebody else wouldn't think twice about it. Well, you know, fuck him. I didn't feel like showing up right now. You know, <laughs> right. That's yeah, definitely uh, true. True. With you know, <laughs> two whiskeys on top of that, man. I was feeling just right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. We'll do. It. Hey, don't worry. We'll catch up because I'll make myself feel like I'm going to make up for this. So I'm yeah. still in. No. Right. Right. 
wake up in the morning, go straight to the mirror and do this for, for the first six months of, of your Gnostic exercises. Look in that mirror and say, I am an asshole. And when you finally get to the point where you're starting to believe it, then you're going to have a, a chance to see both you as the asshole and you as the good guy. And you're going to realize that you really are both. And then you start recounting and remembering all the fucking asshole shit you pulled. Whether that was <laughs> weeks ago. I don't have to look in the mirror to do that. I do that every night already. Sometimes. We all got a closet full of skeletons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we got the number of the bones. So we can't even hang them up right. So we, we can't even tell them <laughs> right order. Right, right. <laughs> but um, I don't give a rat's ass about your closet of skeletons. Right. And nor do I care to tell you about mine. I know you got them. You know I got them. Just like I know you have purient interests, like I have purient interests. And we both. Um, and so, with all of that, you know, we can joke. We can say I have my red wine. We can say I have my prize. We don't know. You know, in the same way a hero doesn't know he or she is a hero until the moment arises. You could go walking onto the battlefield saying, oh, my hero. I'm gonna... You hear the first cat meow in the middle of the night. You're hiding under the thing, crying to your mommy, writing a letter home. You know, you know the other guy that started out crying, you know, and writing the letter to his mommy home is out there jumping on the fucking grenade. You know, and. You don't know which one it is until you're faced with that cop at that school shooting was afraid to go in the building. You know, yeah. and then you go around, well, police, you know, they have all these thoughts that run through their heads. Like, I got a wife and three kids at home. Maybe I want to show up after the crime is over. Yeah. Yeah, why risk my life type thing? Yeah, why risk my life? Because, you know, what would that do to my family? Yeah. I'll be a hero to these people, but be... You know, a memory to the to others, to, to the people that matter to me the most. Yeah. Mm. Well, it, you know, it, again, we don't know really. We we can't just blindly salute everyone as a hero. Right. You're absolutely right. Well, they wear a uniform doesn't make them a hero. Um, the the <laughs> is made by this the moment. The moment is what proves a hero. Nothing else can. And so it's a wonderful Gnostic um, symbol because, in other words, you are what you do, not what you say you are. Actually, yeah. Your actions are what, what mean something. And yeah. the things that you actually do. And you could say, well, I'm going to serve my country, but I'm going to leave my wife and my, my newly born child behind and while everyone's you know running at you, thank you for your service, and you're a hero, you know you put them at risk at the same time. And and we can ask the philosophical question: Was that really heroic, or was that um, possibly a disregard for their lives? You know, for for the sake of your own ego. And I'm not going to say there's a right or a wrong answer to all that. And maybe we could even have a four and a half hour debate on it that might be proved to be interesting. Um, we can do this as much as you want. If you since you brought that up, we can do this every two weeks if you want. 
But but I'm just talking about that, that particular <laughs> interest. The thing is, I have no perspective on the moral choice you made right. because agnostic. It's not that I don't care. I do care that you made as conscious a choice as you could have made, and you made the right choice for you as far as you're concerned. Okay, and that's about all I could possibly care about, that you made a choice that I would either agree with or disagree with is just um, it, it's, it's, it's interesting talk as we want to develop our philosophy. We might decide to debate each other and each take one side in that argument so that we can grow as philosophers and kind of strengthen our mental tool. But I I would always have to do that with, you know, the certain caveat that I can't make your decision and I can't qualify it either. Right. And that's the most important thing. I don't qualify your decision. You're already, you can tie your own shoes. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And see, it's interesting you put it all that way because um, uh, people will say, "Well, where can I find this information?" I always, you know, as when when Google became a big thing, many people who know me they know me as saying, "If there's anything that needs to be verified, I always used to say, Google it. Just Google it. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. Just Google it and seek the information for yourself. I can't tell you." what to believe in. I can't tell you what's right and wrong. I can only give you the information that pertains to exactly what... Let me give you a kind of a mock philosophical exercise. If I could put a gun in your left hand and put you in a room with Hitler when he was eight years old, and you you would know who he is, would you shoot and kill him? So you would have prevented the Holocaust. Right. Mm-hmm. But in preventing the Holocaust, the Jews would have gone on, continued to go on through Europe being persecuted, and many more would be dead than actually died in the Holocaust, because that was basically the way the Europeans did it. So now, did you do good? Right. Okay. Yeah, and it's always uh, a what if, yep. And, and also, in shooting him now, there is no Israel. So now, did you do any good? Because Israel has become a safe haven for Jews. States. Some of them went to Russia. Some of them mm-hmm. ended up in Israel. They were all yeah. over the. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you you put it you put it right because I I've, I've heard that same that question before. If you was in a room with Hitler, you had the opportunity to kill him. Would you do it? And uh, uh, some people would say they would. Some people would say they did. They wouldn't. Yeah, you know, really, what I'm talking about is the passion of this moment. Yeah, not necessarily the truth of the situation. But, yeah, that, that's where I was getting at is that that inner that feeling that you have at that moment gives you that this well, I guess how I understood it was that moment, that moment of uh of uh of that passion of your feeling of, hey, if I can stop something, I'm just gonna go ahead and react to it now. Because what you knew, what you know of now would happen. When 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 you mentioned Google, mm-hmm. I listened to a radio show that warns you every single week. Get off Google, get off social media, get off all these things. They're destroying our individuality, they're destroying our culture, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I can think of counter arguments like get on Google, it's connecting us, it's yeah. giving us tools, and blah, 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 blah. And I don't know which one is right. 
But I do know how many good things people were warned against doing. Vivisection is a sin. Let's not do vivisection. Vivisection is surgery. Okay. Thanks to surgery, many people get fixed today. But if we'd listened to all the doomsayers about vivisection, we wouldn't have surgery today. So what is right in one day can be seen as incredibly backwards. So now we have the lesson of the Bhagavad Gita. Arjuna is standing on the battlefield just before Mm -hmm. the battle begins. One half of his family is fighting the other half of his family. Mm-hmm. So anyone he kills in the battle is family. He's yeah. committed patricide. Yeah. Okay. And he pleads with Krishna, what should I do? Mm-hmm. He says your responsibility is to fight this battle to the yeah. best of you. You can't shake your responsibility. So kill them. Okay. Kill them because you must. You know, and act without lust of result. Don't worry about the result of your action. Just act and do the right thing that you have to do. Is this from the Mahabharata? Huh? Is this from the Mahabharata? Uh, It's the Bhagavad Gita portion of the Mahabharata. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I I remember reading that. I I read that a few weeks ago in something like that in the Mahabharata. Yeah. Dang. Bhagavad Gita is one of the books of the Mahabharata. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just making sure because I couldn't remember. I, I know I just read that somewhere. And and constantly in the Mahabharata, you know, you see people commit to things and they don't realize that in the future, the spirit of that original commitment will be distorted by the change of circumstance. So anything that is good today can be bad tomorrow. Anything that is yep, And vice versa, yeah. Tomorrow. So... Should I in any way um, judge your behavior? If I would have found out, you know, 50 years ago that you were smoking that evil weed, I mm. might have said, oh, you know, that's just the way those people are, you know, and they can't. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And it, w- it would have been right for that time for me to say that. You know, if I was to say that today, somebody else might jump in. Those people, who are you talking about? Smoking what? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so we don't have a universal good that's good for everybody in all times and all places. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, uh, Sometimes, you know, doing something is good. Sometimes it's not so good. We have to be the judge of that in the situation we're in and the time we're in. And we may not have um, a clear uh, solution to whatever moral dilemma that gets attached to that. So we may have to make sometimes moral choices that where both choices are immoral. And we're forced into that situation, you know, even though we don't want to be, you know, all things can really happen to all of us. So some of the skeletons in our closet are just because we made choices and we had to live in this world. Because I've always said, if you're over 30 and you ain't got at least one skeleton in your closet, you ain't been living. You know, go home with mom and dad. You know, that's really what that is. So. It doesn't pay for us as Gnostics to waste our time 
uh, judging people on their morality. Okay. And says, let's feel the divine by uh, uh, proclaiming together that we each are God. And let's respect each other in all moments and all times because you are God and I am God and we are both God of very God. And there is no God greater than us. And wrapped under our turbans is nothing but God. Though you have your turban over there and I have my turban over here, we're both that one God. Right. I like okay. that. We're not God together. You are God right. of very so am I. Right. Okay. And, you know, you can put your crown on. I'll put my crown on. You got to bring your own mug and I'll bring my mug and we'll sit down and hoist a few. Right. We can knock them over. You're okay. To your divinity. Oh, to your divinity. <laughs> your divinity. Right. And we can have our little secret club where, you know, we do the secret sign and, and, and the hidden handshake. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, we can enjoy each other and we can enjoy it in any way we want. Or we could be too cool for life and, um, you know, too cool to really do much of anything and, and write a philosophy and how doing nothing is the way to do things and find some way of doing it. Sell a lot of books and run around and say silly things to women at the book signs. Okay. <laughs> if that's really what you want to do. That's what you want to do. Right. But you've impinged on her will and society's going to get in your way. So you might want to begin to learn how to make decisions about how to comb your morality. So we learn how to put our and build our own system based on our own experiences. You know, I lived in my shoes. I grew up in my neighborhood. I lived inside of my skin. I walked a mile in those shoes. And you don't know, have any idea what that mile was like and who I met along the way. Right, right, don't right. Tell me about my morality. And I promise I won't tell you about yours. Promise, Marjorie. Right, okay. right. All right.